1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. I was warned off spoilers a few weeks ago when we spoke about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Um, Shag, is are you, are you gonna watch Saltburn? Can I hit you with a spoiler Oh warning? no,
0: Peach, No, don't hit me with a spoiler. I really want to see this too. Oh, for
1: fuck's sake! <laughs> like you're the person who's meant to be up to date on cultural shit.
0: I've like it's been it's been a roller coaster. Enemy. Okay, okay,
1: okay. Spoiler free. Fucking Saltburn. Oh, right? Like
0: I know someone has a real like I know Barry Keogh. Barry, Co- how do I pronounce that last name? Kogan. Barry Kogan maybe has a really big penis. That seems to be a thing. Oh. Is
1: that the spoiler? Yes, or is that not? No, it's a well. I don't know. Well, not 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 to his girlfriend. (laughs) Um, uh, So the spoiler-free version is like, how crazy is it? How (laughs) (laughs) uh, genres of film uh, can be both similar and different. And so, I was watching that film, and I was trying to be very knowledgeable, like, awful 16-year-old mansplaining Peach of being like, ugh, this feels exactly like a horror film. And I said it heaps of times early on to be like, I'm a pretty knowledgeable mansplainer over here. This feels exactly like a horror film. And what's interesting about that is, uh, firstly, what's true of most mansplainers was true of me, and is true of me, is that I was wrong. (laughs) And the the reason I was wrong is kind of what I wanted to pick apart, and what we hinted at last week when we spoke about vacancy was when you look at the distinction between a thriller and a horror film, is that you can get hung up on the ending, and that's okay. And often thrillers will have a, phew, we just caught the killer ending, or like, Oof, the killer came out on top, but you know the world sort of is going to continue okay, sort of outcome. Um, what we did not have, and and it was interesting enjoying Saltburn to seeing me becoming increasingly incorrect as the film progressed, was foreshadowing. Is that I think a fundamental part of a horror mm. film is that at some time. Early-ish, and I'm just going to make up in the first third of the film. I'm just going to say it's in the first third. I'm, I'm sure that's a little bit, you know, I'm sure we'd find examples where that's wrong. But you are going to have a moment that will say to you, hey, champ, um, you're watching a horror film, by the way. Because yeah. there can be yeah. moments of like horrific brutality in an action film uh, and moments of sort of gore and terror and, and being upset and spooked out in, you know, sci-fi and thrillers and whatever yeah. else. But I think you know you're watching a horror film when you get a juicy taste of the horror you will eventually have sometime early on. And I wanted to – I planned to float that in a more spoilery way. But, can I float that in a non-spoiler way when I'll hola dad over here still getting cricket scores in the background and kicking off a lovely hola dad heaps normal non-alcohol beer to enjoy with this episode of Spooker.
0: I think that's a really good point about – you know, before we get to the meat and potatoes of this episode – is that mm. gore shadowing is not just a bit of gore early on. It's a bit mm. of gore that specifically says this is not the last bit of gore you're going to see. Like, yes. and, and that's an important distinction. It's not just someone breaks a leg in a horrific way or something. It's like, no, no, no. Here's a taste of more of gore that you will... That, and this is not the end of that taste. And, and like, that's such a good mm. idea because it's like gore shadowing is such a specific horror trait and there's more nuance to it than just a gory scene early on. Yeah, I like that.
1: Mm. Go see Saltburn if you like.
0: <laughs> but I, you know, you know, like we, we're still very much in that early part of a year where we're mm. we're looking ahead. We're feeling, I guess, optimistic, or at least a bit, you know, wistful <laughs> about like what's going to
1: happen. We're feeling not that pessimistic. We're not feeling
0: that pessimistic at the moment. <laughs> um, I read a really good. Social post from an artist mm. I adore, Mitsky, a solo artist from America who you may or may not know. But she wrote a really great post about how she'd been training with a with like a dance and fitness coach for an upcoming tour. Which I kind of like. I love hearing about this. Like, I, you know, like there's the stories about how like Taylor Swift for the Eras tour practiced on a treadmill where she'd do treadmill workouts where she'd have to sing. Her catalogue on a treadmill. And so, for slow songs, she'd sing them walking. And for fast songs, she'd sing them running to, like, practice getting ready for it. Isn't
1: that, like, 20-year-old news, 25-year-old well, news I, of I love how she, like, Beyonce was abused as a child? Well, I mean... Isn't that the precise child abuse <laughs> she was too?
0: I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I didn't know that I at all. I thought
1: the dad was like, get on the fucking treadmill um Knowles and you know, 12-year-old Knowles and sing your whole catalogue while But during- this is
0: the tricky thing. This is like the David Beckham documentary. It's like, yeah, his dad sucked, mm. but he's now the greatest soccer player England's ever seen. It's like, he's like <laughs> like I don't want to be the podcast. It's like not all child abuse is bad, but
1: Oh, but it's funny, but you then look at his relationship with his kids and especially with his kid who has ambitions to be a football player and, you know, he seems to be a reasonably good football player and Beckham's like, ah, fucking best of luck, champ. Like, <laughs> I'm a great football player. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I Like, maybe you can't emerge from that as a good bloke. He's fun and and, and the meme is super fun. And, you know, the, the sort of leaning in through the door, Victoria yeah. Beckham meme, that's... Magic, but I don't think you can emerge from that process a good bloke. I just, I just think the cards are stacked against you.
0: So anyway, so anyway, she's training for an upcoming tour because she had a surprise hit with "My Love, Mine, All Mine" last year, which just never left any of the major charts: Spotify charts, Apple charts, actual charts, TikTok charts. It was everywhere, right? So she's training for probably the biggest tour of her career, even though she's you know one of the big indie stars. I don't know who's that much bigger than Mitski in the indie world. She could pretty much headline any indie festival worldwide. But she'd been training for it. And she talked about how for the past couple of tours, she hasn't really enjoyed them because she sort of disassociated during them. Like, you know, she was scared of them or she was nervous or whatever. So she find, found herself disassociating with them until she realized that fun, to have fun, is not about mm. doing pleasurable things. Fun is just... Absolutely, being there in the activity you're doing, being entirely present in the thing you're doing. Yes, mindfulness.
1: Fun is mindfulness. Fun fun is
0: mindfulness, right? Mm. Yeah. So with that in mind, I've I've come to a point in my life where, with my family, with my work, with Mm. my age, I can't enjoy all the pieces of media I want. Like there's, I try to listen to a lot of music. I can't listen to every album and every song that gets released every week. Hmm. I haven't seen Saltburn yet. I really like, I would desperately love to see Saltburn. The Tetris that would allow Let me, me tell to tell you
1: see- about it, right? <laughs> it's it's, a-
0: <laughs> it's it just like there's so many. I have a shame pile. Like, you know, they, they use the term shame pile probably outside of gaming, but definitely in gaming where you buy all these games and you can't. Like, there are so many games I can't wait to play. But what I'm committed to doing this year is in the bits of media that I can enjoy, I'm going to be fully present and properly enjoy them.
1: I feel like we are in our back-padding era. You've said a lot of nice things, and we've sort of said a lot of nice things about collaborating. And, Shag, potentially this is why this podcast works (laughs) of, like, I can't think of any media that I would really like to consume apart from, like, old episodes of Spooko (laughs) or I'm reading a Hernan Diaz novel at the moment, Trust, that won the Booker Prize, it's all right, (laughs) or the cricket that's on. And that's, like, the extent of my media consumption and so perhaps that's why the podcast works right as i might have alluded to the other <laughs> week i'm like i think movies are pretty boring <laughs> like, like I, I think that's kind of my view it's like they go for fucking ages you can't increase the speed of them when you're bored like you, you know like or you, or you can't control the speed at which they're delivered to you you know like you could a novel or you know put like put it down and come back to it so you're not in control of the situation, and. Uh, they just go for fucking forever. And um, what if they stink at the end?
0: Well, I guess with that in mind, you know, mm. last week there was something enjoyable in the theatre of, mm. you know, going to a local market, finding a DVD, finding the ability to watch a DVD, putting it on, watching it, sharing it with you, you know, finding a film that wasn't actually mm. that bad was an enjoyable thing to do for the podcast, right? And I enjoyed that. Yes. And I was present for that. Finding out it has a prequel, which, you know, most horror films eventually at some point in their sequel journey have a prequel. This case, they were just like, fuck it, let's skip straight to the prequel, which I guess makes sense because I don't know how they would have made a sequel to it considering Kate Beckinsale and Luke Wilson, who don't appear in the sequel, by the way, somehow took down the entire operation.
1: Is that because prequel is the easiest first thought way to do a follow-up? Straight up. Of like... You already know what the ending is? Like, you already know where you're going? I mean,
0: it's that, but also in horror, a lot of, the, a lot of times the antagonist or the, the machinations of the bad guys aren't fully revealed. And so a prequel becomes that tantalizing thing for people who liked mm. the first film to be like, what was actually going on? I'm going to find How out. How did people. Hellraiser get those pins <laughs> in his face? Basically, yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. Mm. So anyway, so I'm not going to spend time searching out a copy of Vacancy 2, the first card. Okay. I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to find it on YouTube. I'm not going to spend that time watching it. What I will do, Mm. and I'm really sorry to the people who who took the time to give us feedback on Spooko. I asked what you liked about Spooko and what you didn't like. They said
1: long episodes, and we said, yes, we're going to do some long episodes.
0: This probably won't be a long one, so strike one, pitch and shag, I'm sorry. (laughs) And number two... They were like, "Please, no more episodes where you haven't watched the film." And I'm sorry, this (laughs) is this is going to be one of those episodes. Like, I mean, like I want to cover this film, and I want to specifically cover this film, Peach, Mm. because I want to ask you about the running of this business that is revealed, Peach, in the film we're doing today, Vacancy Two, the first cut.
1: How can I help you, folks?
0: Do you know a garage?
1: Not this late. In April 2007, authorities shut down the Pinewood Motel. (laughs) This looks
0: like a real library of classics. What is it? Look at that room from the movie.
1: Is that this room? I think it is. <sighs> they discovered over two hundred videotaped murders. God, leave us alone! The earliest tape is dated September two thousand four. We're just looking to grab a room.
0: So you were in room six. I hope you enjoy your stay. And if you need anything, don't hesitate to scream.
1: Now, see how it all began. What is that? Look how scared she looks. I like watching him squirm. He's watching us.
0: What? Who's watching us? He's got cameras all over
1: this room. Let's just go. Run, ah! No! C2, the first cut. Hello, Angel. Also now available on DVD, Vacancy. The terror starts here Has capitals starting each word. <laughs> oh, there's masks now. There's like ghost masks. <laughs> wow. Shag, that looks like the worst and cheapest shit ever. I'm, I'm struck by how the first half of the trailer is mainly the previous film. So, the first three actors you see are the Ned Flanders character from the first film, who is evidently not in the second film, (laughs) Uh, Kate Beckinsale and Luke Wilson, either of whom are in this film. I'm excited. (laughs) And I think I'm going to learn about the business of franchising horror films. I think I'm going to learn about that business.
0: (laughs) Are you also kind of interested to find out how they set up Snuff Motel LIC?
1: LLC. Yeah, <laughs> LLC, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> right. A lot like Hotel Hell, it's going to be good. All right,
0: okay, so a man, Smith, checks into the Meadowview Inn, which is a different motel. I think the motel in the first film is called the Pinewood Motel. Okay. So the Meadowview Inn, so it's not the same hotel. Checks into the Meadowview Inn and brutally murders a woman he brought with him. The hotel staff who had set up hidden cameras in the rooms to secretly record couples having sex, the recordings of which they would sell, Witness the murder. Yes. Okay, so first of all, and I don't think you advise people setting up businesses that sell illegal things, but it would be difficult setting up a business that sells secret videos of people having
1: sex in a motel.
0: It would be a small market, first of all.
1: Yes, that you couldn't publicly talk about it. No,
0: you, well, you couldn't advertise. The rule
1: is if you're, if you're committing crimes, you keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's similar to the market for, like, cannibal meat that we spoke about. Yeah. I think in the context of Fresh, of, like, you can't tell a lot of people about the business you're running because if you do, the authorities are going to find out about it.
0: I guess the other, thing, the other thing about it as a business is that of all the things that would be pretty easy to fake is... Getting people to pretend they don't know they're being watched in a hotel room and have sex and film it so it seems like they don't know they're being watched. Yes, and then sell that. So you
1: could what what you're saying is you could do it in a way that it is not a fucking heinous exactly, crime. Exactly, exactly. Like massive risk. So it's kind of yeah.
0: like anyway. So 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 that's the business as it stands.
1: And. and- And so, Shag, if we just troubleshoot one step further, Mm. like in business, as I understand it, your goal is to become known, (laughs) liked, and trusted, right? So, um, becoming known as running this business strikes me as a really difficult (laughs) problem because it's going to have to be like whisper, whisper, word of mouth type business. But you do have to tell at least one person (laughs) to start with, you've got to establish some sort of market. (laughs) And surely your price has to be extremely high to justify the risk you're taking, (laughs) in undertake a business that actually discloses you committing crime. Look, I mean, the analogy is dre- dealing, dealing drugs or being an assassin, right, of like the nature of your business model is that you will go and commit crimes in exchange for payment. And so you've got to be so careful about to whom you become known mm. uh, before you even talk about being liked and trusted. So it strikes me as such a high threshold to get into a business like this. So you better be an existing professional.
0: Could you get your customers to sign an NDA that says I knowingly have consumed this criminal stuff and thus like could you get them to be to be like to sign mm. something legally that says they are complicit in this and thus if they reveal what's happening they're also
1: in trouble I think this leads back to our faces of death episode I think it's episode 84 85 where Rob Rob Gascoigne our guest already gave he wouldn't call it advice. He gave the legal information about a case called Brown and the Crown where there is some conduct so shit that the that the law doesn't want to allow for it to happen. And I think that case related to waivers that were signed in relation to group sex activities that were very dangerous because there was a lot of poo and a lot of cutting. And so, you sign a waiver that says you're going to be having sex in a poo and blood type situation and so by signing this waiver you're agreeing not to pursue any legal action and essentially what was held as i recall was the court being like hey hey look we don't really want people doing like poo cutting sex uh and so like you just can't you just can't agree to that uh um, mm-hmm. you can't waive you, like you can't effectively sign a waiver like that and so my suspicion gui is that something similar would apply here
0: but this is this is where it gets and this is this is the cheapness of this film because you're probably watching mm. this film to be like how did they set up this whole business this you know this snuff empire this snuff hotel
1: uh, so, so it's already on foot when we start so,
0: well no so they attack this guy because mm. they, they they've been recording mm. couples having sex but they see this guy kill his partner so they attack mm. him and tie him up but instead of calling the cops the hotel manager, Gordon, agrees to Smith's proposition to instead hire him to torture and motel motel guests and then
1: sell the videotapes as snuff films. But surely you only do that if you've got an existing market, I guess is my point.
0: Exactly, right? Like, they, will they have a market for people who are buying illegal tapes? I'm
1: guessing. Yes, but that's like saying, hey, I've got a market for drugs that make you happy. <laughs> what about drugs that, you know, like, kill you? So <laughs> maybe... <laughs> Like, surely they're different things. Like, (laughs) buying pornography, I'm sure, um, is difficult to buying different to buying a snuff film. I've never bought a snuff film. Um, Actually, I've bought some pornography. Um, But I presume I feel different about the purchase of the former as, you you know, the purchase of one is very different from from the purchase of the other, I guess, at the point.
0: So, I'm running illegally filming couples motel. L- yes, L- LLC, you're my, you're my secret business advisor. I come to you yes. and say, "Hey, we've got this proposition. Instead of selling people, co- <laughs> we we've covertly filmed. We're actually going to kill people and then sell videos of them being killed." Your advice would essentially be, "That sounds pretty risky."
1: Well, I, I like. I think it's also risky to me personally. Um, I haven't looked at. Why don't I just look at, quickly look at Section three hundred and sixteen of the Crimes Act? I think if I'm aware of a crime of a certain kind, Crimes Act MSW, I think it's 316 I'm obliged to disclose yeah here it is, section 316 of the Crimes Act an adult who knows or believes that a serious indictable offence has been committed by another person so that's going to be me, right? you just come to me and said hey, I'm taking these very illegal films so A, if I know or believe this crime has happened and if I know or believe that I have information that might be of material assistance in securing you and I fail to secure you, I can be imprisoned, right? Mm. So, that's where the risks arise and that's kind of where you're bringing more people, like where the known problem of your known, liked and trusted comes in because… Every single person involved in your supply chain is committing a serious offense by being part of your supply chain. And so, the amount your clients have to pay for these videos must be absolutely massive in order to ensure that risk is worth taking. Shag, how much are we selling these videos? Mike? Oh, fuck, Paige, um, I Like... If I'm your business partner, that's like I want to know margins. I want to know how much it costs to make them. Well, it doesn't I cost. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it doesn't cost a lot to. I mean, there's the
0: running of the motel, which probably is running yes. at a loss because I'm probably uh, not wanting it to be full mo- ever. Like, in fact, I'm probably wanting it to be. Productive. So I'm not
1: your partner in the motel then. I'm very happy for that to lose money. Yeah, so you
0: want my motel to lose money. But also not enough money so it gets investigated by the IRS. See, this is why I think, Mm. from what I understand, snuff films don't exist... Because the business of them makes
1: no sense. Yeah, they just have to be so expensive to make it worth taking the risk. Like
0: it's like it's 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 funny and creepy to talk about in a horror film context, and it's like, what if people mm. like? Yeah, sure, but it's not that
1: funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the absolute.
0: Yeah, funniest. yeah, but you, you see what I mean. But I, I also think maybe yeah. this is one of those things where ultimately capitalism is always the bad guy because. If, yes. this was, if this was Tokyo, where people will have the same ramen shop selling the same kind of ramen for 30 years, never franchising, never growing, capitalism states that your business has to grow or die. And I guess if you're selling illegal, well, the access to documentation of illegal acts, those illegal yes. acts have to keep growing in severity for you to grow, right? You can't just keep doing
1: more. Well, like I I think, fuck, I love this podcast. Like, stay with me. I've just got to move my um, sound stuff. So I'll just start, I'll start yelling, but I, I won't be able to hear you respond. It'll be like any time anyone's had a conversation with an old white guy. But they'll just keep talking. Like, they, they won't even listen to what you say. So, like, I think that's almost about the sort of contemporary, sort of crony ish capitalism we find ourselves now, or a kind of post, like, a sort of post, um, what am I trying to say? Post communal, post society form of capitalism that is really about the kind of endless growth. I think there's a version of capitalism which has the degree of humility you know you associate with your ramen shops, the degree of humility you associate with your farmers markets, the degree of humility you associate with a lovely Etsy store or whatever it might be, where you go that kind of capitalism where. I'm good at uh, knitting scarves and you're good at growing wheat. Uh, Mm -hmm. i tell you what, um, why don't I barter a few scarves for some wheat and, in fact, why don't we do it using this uh, legal tender? I think we can all agree that's a form of dealing with the world that that we can all probably stand behind. But the endless growth and necessarily endless consumption that must feed that endless growth – I think is the real concern, Jag, and that's why we've got to eat the rich.
0: Anyway, so that's how, well, at least the snuff motel business started, which is supremely unsatisfying.
1: Absolutely super unsatisfying. And
0: the fact that it happens, I'm assuming, within the first 10, 15 minutes of the film just sucks. Because that's the most interesting thing. I'm like, well, how did they? And now we just get to watch a couple or like some people be victimized by the motel. Anyway, let's let's just get through this, okay, Peach? You and me and you listening, Feel Bad Club, let's get through this together.
1: Can I just linger on one final point? I'm so sorry to get sidetracked, but this is directly relevant to the mm-hmm. plot. And, and this leads back to the challenge of needful things where when you find out your villain was not that formidable, yeah. right? Like the, one, of, one of the points of seeing the villain win at the end of the horror film is to be like, oh, yeah, fuck, Freddy is actually pretty intense. Like, killing killing is a real mission. We were right to be scared of him. We already know, as you rightly said, Shag, how... Fucking flimsy the villains in this film are. Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale sort of stumbled in, killed them, and then picked apart their entire fucking illegal video ring overnight, in one evening. Um, And that isn't even what they were attending to Which actually
0: makes no sense because, as we've discussed, to actually Mm. set up a snuff film business would require... Mm the greatest entrepreneurial and business minds in the business, right? And, and if you were the greatest minds in the business, and I'm not saying like I'm, mm. I'm not trying to be like uh, fuck auteur theory, like things happen because of groups of people, not single people. But yes. if, you, if you were this group somehow managing to mm. create a successful snuff film business, mm. you'd probably quickly realize that you could legally create a business that would probably make a lot more money. A
1: nice chain of coffee shops yep so anyway, and so the taking of a risk in running of a business like this is one that I just can 't imagine any sane business person taking it'd have to be someone a little bit loopy, a little <laughs> bit gaga that would get involved with a business like
0: this. So days later, while driving home, young couple Jessica and Caleb and Caleb 's friend Tanner check into the motel for a night 's rest. Tanner takes the room adjoined to Jessica and Caleb's upon turning on the television. He witnesses live footage of the room next door and realises they are being watched. The three attempt to flee from the motel but are blocked by Smith and two other masked men. They capture Caleb and stab him in the stomach until he dies while Jessica and Tanner hide in the woods. Again, your snuff film business Mm. relies on you revealing to your victims what's going on Mm. and giving them pretty good leeway to escape. You
1: know, uh, like, it's the thrill of the chase, sort of, as you're watching, of like, oh fuck, am I watching a snuff film? Oh, What's happening now? Like
0: it, Will I escape? So not only do you have to be like incredible business people and entrepreneurs, you have to be quite athletic, but also somehow like martially trained, so you can like attack and overpower anyone who comes to your hotel.
1: Well, it's that it's that line of you know normal people suddenly get a rush of adrenaline or or whatever of like. I'm very happy to talk tough, Shag, and you might have even heard me talk tough once or twice on this podcast, but, you know, a physical fight with like bladed weapons involved, like lots of different stuff can happen. If we can just return to one of the foundational texts of Spooko, that is, of course, the Idris Elba TV series, Luther, (laughs) um, I'm pretty sure Luther deals with a mass snuff film conspiracy, like that's something like a Red Room or a Killing Room or whatever it is. yeah. I've forgotten how he picks it all apart, Shag. but I I suspect that the only satisfying way to do one of these is to be like, you see, it takes a Luther to really get on top of one of these um, snuff film rings. Like you, like, you need Superman to beat up Lex Luthor in order to know that Lex Luthor was a pretty serious fucking bad guy.
0: So, Jessica and Tanner, who were hiding in the woods, run to a nearby house and the couple living there let them in. They try to explain about the motel, but the husband doesn't believe them. Moments later. (laughs) (laughs) Love
1: husbands. They're awesome.
0: Yeah, Jacob's husband. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. It's a
1: fine motel.
0: (laughs) Moments later, Smith and the other men appear, telling the couple Jessica and Tanner stole from them and then ran from the motel. The wife attempts to call the police to resolve the situation, but Smith shoots her and then the husband, and Jessica and Tanner flee again. The men catch both of them and torture Tanner first. Smith then calls the others off, wanting to kill Jessica himself.
1: Are we, are we expecting there's any stylistic thrust of, like, you got to kill him this way or in front of the camera or turn him around to get a good angle? Or- I'm sure
0: there probably is. Like, I'm sure this film probably ups the gore a little bit to hopefully get some eyeballs. Anyway, it becomes apparent to Gordon that Smith... Who is the person that suggested they make snuff films in the first place? Yes. Has become a loose cannon with no intention of following the other's lead.
1: So the person who suggested the snuff films <laughs> is now like, I'm pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm a bit of an outlier. Yeah, nice.
0: Gordon tells the other man that they will <laughs> let Smith kill her, then call the police and blame the whole thing on him. Which, which obviously doesn't work, again,
1: because it's like... No honour among thieves.
0: Well, At mm. some point as well, the police are going to be like, well, what point did you know about this? Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, well, no, you're-
1: Oh, Smith just forced us the whole
0: time. But other, there must be yeah, cases of that where people have tried to be like, I was forced the whole time.
1: Yeah, but it's a pretty difficult argument, right? Of like, in order to- So, it's- uh, Look, I've forgotten how criminal law works. And look, um, <laughs> that's because it's, it's like, I, I don't do any work in that area. <laughs> but I understand like once an offence is proved- you then prove the defense to it. So, firstly, someone proves that you have breached Section 316 of the Crimes Act, let's say. Um, Then you go, oh, yeah, I've got a defense that is, they made me do it. it's like, okay, well, then prove that. Show me that.
0: Fuck, okay, yeah, right.
1: It's like, it's not just making the assertion of like, oh, I got a bit scared (laughs) and they made me do it. It's like, yep, cool, cool. Show me.
0: (laughs) When left alone for a minute, Jessica manages to untie herself. When Smith returns, she stabs him in the face and escapes with a gun. Okay, so this one has upped the ante quite a bit with the violence. Mm. Gordon searches the lake and sees a sweater sticking out of the water. As he investigates it, Jessica appears in the water behind him and pulls the trigger, killing him. Smith hears the gunshot and runs to the lake while Jessica hides in a nearby trailer. Smith finds her and attempts to stab her, but she causes a fire and leaves Smith burning to death in the trailer. Oh,
1: okay. (laughs) We've escaped, more or less. Yeah.
0: The following morning when the police have arrived, they're skeptical of Jessica's story as the cameras and all of the bodies cannot be found. And I'm like, when 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 did they remove all the cameras and the bodies?
1: And it's a pretty expert thing to inspect in detail the outcome of a fire. Like, I actually have some knowledge of this. Like, going through the wreckage of a building that is burnt down and determining what were some of the things in it is a pretty expert thing. And I can't imagine that the fire just magically made all evidence of it just- No, poof, no, just Pete, disappears. remember, this is a
0: fire at the trailer. Oh,
1: the, Jessica, so the other fire, Like, the sorry. motel's still there. Yes. Somebody
0: went and cleaned the motel. But anyway, anyway, they don't believe Jessica's story- Meanwhile, at another motel, the Pinewood Motel from the first movie, a badly scarred Smith informs a trucker that he will have the motel up and running in a few weeks just as soon as the cameras are set up. Smith then gives the trucker a snuff film and tells him that he will make more copies as soon as he can. You know what I do like about this is that it is a return to that humble capitalism
1: of a barter system. (laughs) But what's to stop the trucker from making those copies and just cutting Winston out of the loop? (laughs) And if you're in the market for snuff films, are you in the market for new ones every week? (laughs) Like, I can imagine being like, yeah, I've already got a snuff film. I'm not, like, sweating on the new release from from Pinewood Hotel. (laughs) (laughs) I've already got my (laughs) rumours or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) i've already got the graceland (laughs) of of pinewood hotel joints Uh, anyway um i never do it enough like we do do this podcast for free it means a lot to our egos when there are numbers on the social media pages so if you can send us some numbers by likes follows shares all that sort of lovely stuff on our instagram underscore spooko underscore if you can send us the same on tiktok likes follows shares all that kind of stuff um, it might not feel like a lot, but it is just kind of a nice little thing when you see that uh, someone you know, is enjoying the pod enough to give it a little follow. So, we'd love it if you told a friend, has a bit of friendship homework. We'd love it if you popped onto the socials and did like, share, comment. Sorry to be earnest at the end. No, 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 no. That's a really that's, good point.
0: Un- unlike oh yeah. the snuff business, yes. hey, it's helpful for us for more people to know about what we're doing.
1: In fact, that actually is right, and we 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 will never engage in the snuff business. That's another reason. To That's actually what
0: two we're things: we will never monetize this pod, and we will yeah. never become a snuff film. <laughs> <snuff films. laughs> uh,
1: this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can, and as much as you can. And Reshes, what's up?